Hello, hello, this is T. You're listening to Burning Tarot. So this is the podcast where we draw a tarot card and wander in the forest. Now, I drew our card yesterday, and we did wander the forest, and there were many exciting things going on. There were ravens calling and an unknown bird whose call I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with it. There was a whole lot of blather from yours truly, of course. And uh, we had a nice little tarot reading. Unfortunately, that audio file has gone astray. For those of you following the astrology of the moment, you'll know that we are transitioning into a Mercury retrograde period. These are famed for, you know technological mishaps, audio files going astray, communications going awry, etc. So I'm going to make this a little shorter of a blather. I'm just making up for that reading that has now disappeared into the great maw of the very hungry Mercury retrograde beast. So we are in the woods of Central Oregon, and that's where we like to do our podcasts. The weather has been very moist and relatively warm. It's probably like 40 degrees and rainy. For those of you who are familiar with Oregon, it's the state north of California on the west coast of the USA. And most of the people who live in Oregon live over on the west side of the Cascade Mountains. Most of them live in the Willamette Valley along the Willamette River somewhere. And over there, this weather is like totally normal all the time. That's where I grew up. It's like it's gray and it's raining and it's 40 degrees and that's just your reality. Over here in central Oregon, here in Deschutes National Forest, we might normally have a nice dry time of year going on with some snow heaped up perhaps and it would probably be like 20 degrees but we've got an El Nino year and that means our forest is full of just different looks when everything's wet it really looks different the long amber pine needles are kind of a darker color of amber brown and they're all over They're a big carpet all over our forest floor. The forest floor is also gleaming with little green things coming up. It almost looks more like springtime than spring usually does around these parts, especially in recent years when there's been so much drought. So that's kind of exciting. Little green grasses, little teeny teeny something or others with little round green leaves are popping up. They will all get, (coughs) excuse me, They will all get smothered in snow one of these days, but uh, they're pretty darn cute for now. Uh, And of course, things look different in the forest, just like they look different wherever you are because of the sun. We are coming up to the solstice, the winter solstice, which happens this year, December 21st, uh, for those in, I think for maybe everybody. It depends what time zone you're in. Uh, Here in Pacific time, it's December 21. So that's the shortest day of the year. Coming right up 
And that's up here in the Northern Hemisphere. And a big hello to those of you who are in the Southern Hemisphere. You guys, of course, are going into your summer solstice, the big long days with the big bright sun. But a lot of our listeners are up here in the north. So as we approach this time, and it depends on your latitude, you know, if you're close to the equator, you're probably not experiencing a great change. We are pretty close to the 45, 45th parallel which means halfway between the North Pole and the equator, right in the area where I am. And so up here, we're far north enough that you really, you can notice a huge change in how everything looks and feels because the sun at this time of year is just kind of rising late and then it's kind of skimming low along the southern horizon, moving over to the west and down it goes at like 4 p.m. or something. So that gives everything a very different flavor and sensation of being uh, compared to an overhead sun. So between the dampness and the relative, you know, kind of coldiness and that angled sun, you know, this, it's really feeling like winter even though we haven't had much snow or anything yet. The card that we're pulling, I I pulled it with the intention of saying, okay, what can we contemplate as we lead up into the solstice? The solstice is a very serious turning point, a pivot of a moment. There's all sorts of traditions around this where it's the darkest time of year, And there are traditions and rituals that involve bringing out light, lighting a light to dim the darkness. And so as we approach that moment, we're approaching a very powerful time in terms of our ability just to enact personal magic or feel what nature is up to without our own intention, pushing at it. Solstice can be really powerful for all that kind of stuff. And it's lovely to think about how humans of all different cultures have pushed back against the dark, you know, in the short days, in the dark, cold times. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it right. (laughs) Diwali in India. I was actually in India for that time of year. It's also wedding season in India around then. Um, And I was there for a wedding. It's wonderful. So that's, you know, candles are lit for that. In contemporary Christmas celebrations, we have colored lights on a tree inside our house. And some dispute the pagan origins of that tree tradition. But, you know, it seems pretty likely that it came from Germany and, you know, trees, druids, I don't know, it's pretty good. The Yule log that you might burn. Um, uh, This week, it's Hanukkah. And in my family, we are lighting candles 
And the whole story of Hanukkah is about God, you know, helping the Jews get through an onslaught by magically extending, you know, a miracle so that they would have enough oil to burn their lamps while they were hiding out from this attack. That's one way of describing it, I guess. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's another celebration where humans took a certain time of year where it's dark and said, hey, look at this. We're going to light the candles. We're going to light the lamp with the oil from God. We're not just going to drown in this darkness. We're going to put goofy colored lights all over our houses and those weird blow-up things that people have now, you know, where you plug them in and they go... Now, this might not really be great for our environment, right? Like climate change probably doesn't need us making a bunch of fake crazy light everywhere. But it kind of feels really good. And it's no mistake that so many different cultures have a tradition. And in the kind of, you know, pagan, neo-pagan, Celtic, wannabe Celtic traditions, solstice is time for a big-ass bonfire, I think over at Sisters Community Labyrinth on December 21st here in Central Oregon, we will have a little teeny fire. That will have to do. (coughs) Excuse me. So, lots of ways to light a little lamp in the darkness. For ourselves and our families, our friends, our local communities, we can look at Solstice as a unique opportunity to kind of gather up some energy And be really aware of that moment of pivoting from the time of the waning sunlight. Because as of December 21st, slowly, slowly, the sun starts staying out a little more every day. And it won't be so far on that horizon with very slanting light in a couple months. Boom, next thing you know, it's spring, right? And so this is a nice, powerful metaphor that we can apply to other aspects of our lives. We're the ones who can bring the light. We don't have to wait for somebody else's tradition. We don't have to use a candle if it sets off our allergies. (laughs) We don't have to use too many artificial lights if if we don't like using up the electricity. You know, everybody has our our own way of dealing with this stuff. But the true light that we can offer our communities and ourselves, our friends, that really comes from within. It's a funny thing that we all have in us. It comes with our, our, our lifeness. It's part of our life force. Now, sometimes we might be in a space where we are too dark to have any little beams of light left over to spare anybody else. I totally respect that. I have chronic illness, chronically recurring multiple illnesses, so I get it. Um, I'm bipolar, so I go through depressions with um, some regularity. And there's physical ailments as well. So there may be times when you're just, you're in the dark and somebody else needs to bring you a freaking candle, you know? So if you're feeling like that, it's a good time to reach out and admit that you need some light brought in. 
if you are physically capable of doing so, consider going out into the world where other people are celebrating and providing light or a meal or a labyrinth walk or a solstice celebration or a Christmas gathering. If you can get out of the house, go and do that. And don't feel bad about soaking up other people's light. Holiday season means that for the people who are doing pretty well, we enjoy sending out a bunch of beams of light right now. I'm sending you a bunch right now, right? I mean, here I am making you a podcast free of charge just for kicks, right? And I appreciate those of you who get in touch with me about this. You know, I'm honored when you say that this provides you with comfort, that this provides you with ballast. I think that's awesome. And I think it's okay if any of us have a time where we're not doing so great. We're stuck in the dark. We don't have a candle. That's all right. Go find somebody who's got a candle. Sniff the air. Who's got a campfire? Go over to their house or their tent or whatever. (laughs) So our card today relates to how we can build ourselves up to that solstice moment and either shine our own light or ask to bask in the light of others. Our card is the emperor. Now, the emperor card gets a bad rap, and sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I will give him that bad rap. But if you're a regular listener, you know that Burning Tarot, um, every reading is different. And if you're getting tarot readings from anywhere, and they're always the same, you should be very suspicious. Because the way a reading works is that a real human being taps into the woo, taps into the card, and says some stuff that maybe needs to be said specifically to you. And in this case, to our our small handful of regular burning tarot folks. So whatever I said about the emperor last time I drew him for y'all, you can kind of throw that out the window for the moment. (laughs) And we'll work with the emperor of the now. We're using the Margareta Peterson deck. Don't use it that often. It's beautiful, uh, fairly abstract, sort of expressionist painting work. And she writes a little kind of poem thing for her interpretive book that goes alongside it. I'm not always super keen on Peterson's little poem things and her interpretations of the cards, but I like to take a look at them. And in this one for the emperor, I really liked that she said something like, This is a time when we should organize ourselves, organize ourselves. And we should not just organize ourselves, but we should organize ourselves around the hub of power. Around the hub of power. The emperor, which is the four, number four card in the major arcana, definitely speaks to power power, empire, and this time I also think of kingliness, of kings. What does it mean to organize oneself around the hub of power? 
I think in a literal way, it can mean, well, take a look at your world and figure out where you belong within its order, or, or for that matter, its chaos, I suppose, within the political and structural realms and systems that are out there in your world. And so instead of fighting against the emperor this time, it seems to be about accepting that the emperor has power, which is hard to accept when you live in this like incredibly fucked up patriarchal society. You know, you see the emperor card and you go, somebody chopped that guy's head off, you know. Where's the guillotine? But I think Margaret Peterson and for us this time, organizing ourselves, I could sure use to get more organized. Apparently, I have ADHD, so maybe one of you can come organize me for me. But if I were to organize around the hub of power that's already in my life, what would that even mean? I can think about it internally, my internal power, like that light we were talking about, right? What if I organize my life and myself around that, around keeping the candle burning, around feeling my internal power and making sure that I'm allowing the elements, the powers of earth and fire, air and water to course through me. What if I organized myself around that a little more? That might feel really good, might be really interesting. And then out there in the world, what if just for this period of time, right? leading up to the solstice? What if I looked at the emperor as a worthy king, worthy enough, just for a few weeks, and instead of fighting him or feeling bad about the power structures that exist, what if I just said, well, look, let's identify where I fit in this crazy system and just organize myself around the hub of power, even though I'm maybe on that spiritual level, I have power, but in the worldly level, I have pretty limited power and influence. I've got a few friends. I have a newspaper column that people are nice about and they read it and thank me for it. That's about it. I'm not making a bunch of money. I'm not, um, you know, running for president. (laughs) I'm not like real big in the whole power scheme of things. I'm not an emperor type. So where do I fit in that world? If I say, well, screw it. My world's an emperor type of world. I need to organize myself around that just reality so that I can have a place to live, you know, enough money to buy the health insurance, take care of my family, etc., So I got a big reality dose, I guess, from pulling this card this time. Of just like, yep, emperor's in charge. Also, sometimes emperors do good stuff. Sometimes they're good leaders. And this time of year corresponds to images of kingship. So there are great woo-woo tales, um, combination of, you know, new aginess and kind of fuzzy archaeology, (laughs) which has led many to conclude that 
that the old goddess religions, they would kill the king or symbolically kill the king at the end of the year. And anything you've heard about like uh, like our New Year's, which is around December 31, January 1st, anything that's happening on Christmas or actual solstice, all that stuff, that's all solstice tradition. You know, they've moved some dates around over the years. But that all comes from solstice. It's no coincidence that Jesus gets born in December right near the solstice. Because that's an example of, you know, hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Right? So he's a kind of positive king. Showing up as a baby. And in our New Year's traditions, we have the image of the old man with the scythe. That's Saturn. Um, well, depending who you listen to. <laughs> Most, most sources that I've read say that's Saturn. So there's like an old man emperor that needs to be cast aside in order for the baby, the New Year's baby, wearing a little top hat to come into the world and give us a new chance, you know, give us something new and bright along with that light. The sun, you know, the sun himself, soul, solstice means still, sun, still. The sun looks like it's staying in the same spot of the sky, the same arc every day for quite a few days on either side of the actual solstice point. And so the sun is is coming to a halt. And then, boom, pivot. It's new. So whether you celebrate it on January 1st or January... uh, I'm going to say January 6th. Is that... Now that's a scary... Uh, time to evoke, but um, for people who celebrate the um, the twelve days of Christmas, whenever that ends, I'm not going to math it out. It's great down in Mexico if you've never been in Mexico <laughs> during the twelve days, like the early January. So fun! Go to the Zocalo in Mexico City. You'll just see all this craziness. It's so great. So whatever you're doing around, and it doesn't matter which thing you're celebrating. It's all kind of got the same theme rolling, right? How do we do that for ourselves? How do we say, well, I accept the king. And the king is going to change. And the sun is going to turn around and we're going to have a new year. We're going to have a new time of light growing. We're going to have a symbolic time when we can lay something to rest from the old king Who's ruling me? Which part of me is emperor of just myself? And is he doing a good job? And if I'm not happy with the job he's doing, maybe I do need to, you know, send him to the chopping block and welcome the baby new king of some kind. So you can kind of take your solstice moment as an opportunity to renew your own kingship, your own king or queen inside yourself. If you need to topple an empire to do it, that could get interesting. Uh, The emperor also indicates fatherhood, fatherness. So on on a personal level, 
like if this, like if you had bought a personal reading from me or you were taking a tarot class from me and you were doing a reading for somebody else, on that very personal level, the very first thing you can think about when you see the emperor card is actually literal father figures. So this can indicate that a leader in your life, and it won't necessarily have to be a dude, but probably somebody very masculine facing, somebody who's wielding their power in ways that culturally we expect men to do it, right? And in our culture, it usually probably is a white guy because that's who's usually in power. So uh, leaders in your family, in your community, in your town, your governor, your president, These kinds of figures could be your grandfather, and they don't have to even be alive, by the way. They can pop up in your tarot reading because you need to wrestle with them on some kind of woo-woo or psychological level. So when the emperor comes up on that personal level, you can look at your own internal emperor, your masculine power that may or may not be wielding power wisely. You can look at your feelings about your dad. If you are a dad, you can look at how you're doing. How's that going? Huh? How's that going, emperor? You doing good emperor stuff with your kids? With your spouse? Might be a time to take a look at that. Uh, If you have religious leaders in your lives, and they're male or male-facing they can occupy this position too. Anybody with that position of power. So there you go. There's a lot of stuff to think about when you draw the emperor. I like the idea that maybe this time the emperor wants us to shine that light. The emperor wants us to own our power. Even when it's big masculine power that works in a patriarchy that maybe we don't like at all. Maybe it's the power of money in a capitalistic society that we'd kind of like to kick in the teeth and make a lot more fair. Today's emperor card for us in Burning Tarot Land is asking us to step up to our own power within the larger power structure. How do we make positive changes within that? Where are, where are there pieces of power that we can grasp for ourselves, maybe without having, you know, having it be a terrible thing ethically? How can we bring the light to ourselves and others? And then how do we let, you know, let the bad part <laughs> of the old king, just kind of let that slide over so we can celebrate some new stuff as we enter a new season with the sun growing and growing and growing, and and then we'll have our New Year's celebrations. Uh, It's a really neat time of, of renewal. This card and the various solstice practices that people do, it's just, it's really nice to acknowledge the role of ritual and the masculine power and the king. I love that we've pulled those all together. It's definitely, um, it's a strong way to be dealing with 
a dark time. Some of you undoubtedly are feeling the darkness of these times in terms of the politics, in terms of the wars. And certainly the emperor speaks to that part of our society. And uh, again, where can we find power? What light can we wield? It's a bit of a challenge to us, but I think it's, I think it's going to be a nice one. The emperor here, he's not just here to show us what an emperor looks like. He's here to encourage us to find our power, our worldly power. that doesn't just sit inside us. It moves outward. It interacts with the larger systems. Let's also acknowledge that the holidays can be pretty rough. Uh, There's usually a lot of busyness, which is how our culture tries to fight against the darkness. Like here, there's 40 million different um, religions and immigrant traditions in America, for example, and and in the UK where we have a lot of listeners in Canada. And so we're all going to have a bunch of different celebrations at once. That can be fun. That can be stressful. There's a lot of family celebrations. In the USA, it starts with Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, for some people, that's great. I had a marvelous Thanksgiving. There was no drama in my extended family. We gathered. It was fabulous. Hurrah. Plus, my mom cooked the turkey, and that meant it got cooked on time, unlike when I try to cook the turkey. But someone else might have had a crummy one. Might have been like, they were all alone. Or they went and hung out with their family and it was just chaos and annoying and all the things and all the family drama came out. So let's also acknowledge that this happens (laughs) this time of year. If you're not gathering with your family, you might be experiencing guilt. If you have no family to gather with, you might experience loneliness or a kind of defensiveness that makes you have a lot of bravado around like, I love this time of year and I don't need no family. I think the emperor... The emperor is a strong card, whether you like him or not. So I think this is a strong time for us. And we should be able to acknowledge our issues. And if we're lonely, okay, let's admit it. If our family exhausts us, okay, let's admit it. At least to ourselves or journal. Someone close to us we can trust. We'll get through it. We'll be feeling the powers in our world. We'll be knowing about the wars, but we'll also be tapping into our own internal strength and light. So these are good times, if dark ones. And I am happy, as always, to hang out with y'all here in Burning Terrorlandia. If you would like a reading or if you'd like to buy a reading for somebody else as a holiday gift, you can pop on over to tiffanyleebrown.com. There's a link that says shop. And if you type in this code, all capital letters, HOLIDAY23, you will get 10% off on your order. I'm not doing physical gift cards right now, but I can send you a digital one. And I think that covers all the things. I am T, this is Burning Tarot, and I wish you 
a lovely season of dark and light.